Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Rewatch, the podcast that rewatches, reviews, and responds to every movie, show, and one-shot in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm Al Rodriguez. And I'm Tony Camarena. And today we are talking about Daredevil Season 1, Episode 10, Nelson v. Murdoch, which originally premiered on April 10th of 2015. And as always, here's our IMDb summary. Fearing that the actions of Foggy are left unchecked, Daredevil must take on the Lawyer of Steel while the world wrestles with what kind of hero it really needs. Oh, wait. That's <laughs> Batman vs. Superman. That's not Nelson vs. Murdoch. My bad. Let me scroll down. <laughs> okay. After Foggy and Murdoch's relationship has taken a turn for the worse, a new enemy of Fisk has surfaced. Another bald guy. Lex Luthor. Wait, no. Damn it. <laughs> So many parallels. So many. <laughs> yep. No, that's when I saw the title of this. I was like, "Well, it can't not have a Batman vs Superman joke." Mm-hmm. Um, I actually get the t- name, the title of this too, Nelson v Murdoch. It means they are v each other or oh. versus each other. Yeah. Oh. Do you know why sometimes it's just v and other times it's bs? Like, is there uh, a reasoning v, behind that? V is usually reserved for, like, um, court cases. Why okay, so it's not Snyder a... Why decide to do that in Batman vs. Superman? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, wait, that movie is actually V? Batman v yes. Superman? Oh, yes. I never noticed. Huh, yep. People made jokes about it when they announced that it was a V instead of versus, thinking <laughs> it was going to be a court thing. And you know there is a court in it. It blows up though. So, yeah. I mean, it would have been cool if there was like a ten-minute scene of of that, but I mean, why not at that? <laughs> of point? course, everything else the way that movie went. <laughs> I'm like, sure. um, it wouldn't have been cool. It would have been. I mean, it would have been on on par for the rest of the movie. Which doesn't get good until the final act when Wonder Woman shows up, in my opinion. I agree. Yep. The only good five minutes of that. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. You ready to start instead of talking about DC? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. I'm good. Right. So uh, let's let's make this episode a little bit better now. So let's yeah. go up uphill. So we will start with a flashback. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> In a flashback, we see Matt and Foggy's first meeting at college, as college roommates, through uh, college and interning at Lanham and Zach, all the way through becoming avocados at law by quitting the larger firm and starting a new one. So, we start with a firm or firm-ish date of he, uh, Foggy is signing up for the 2010 fall classes. Uh-huh. So, we if we were to estimate this 2010, that means what are they are you want to say they're around 18 right here or how? I mean, I from, I from my understanding is like usually freshmen only get to use the dorms, or freshmen and sophomore underclassmen. Um, I mean it, it, that one completely depends on the college, like. Okay. I think. Um, but at the same time, how long do people go to school if they're going to be a lawyer? Because there's undergrad school. And then don't you go to a specific law school? And if this is five years ago, I don't I don't know how long it takes someone to become a lawyer. Like, is law school only one year? Or is it five years? It's, it's uh, seven years total. Four years of undergrad and three years of law school. Okay, so if this is five years ago, then it's possible that they're just starting being... Okay, I, I think... Okay, so I'm my assumption is that they had just started law school, and it's three years of that. So then the two years in between was other um, stuff, I guess? Part of the internship? I don't know. Yeah, but to throw a wrench into that, if we're trying to make this logical, uh, would you be taking Spanish and um and Punjabi in law school, 
or would that be an undergrad class kind of akin to like general education? Oh, you're right. Yeah, that's probably all general education. Huh. So we don't know when they were in high school or they were in this amorphous age. <laughs> I mean, this was five years ago. Yeah, I mean, do okay. Um, I didn't go to a traditional college, so do people change roommates in between years? Like, like if you um, go from freshman to sophomore, do, does that change? I didn't either, but from what I can, I hear you can, at least through, with anecdotal evidence, people telling me you could choose if you want to keep the same roommate or you can request a change. Okay, so they could have, like, one or both of their roommates could have said, I have no interest in living with this person again, and then that's how they ended up together? Yeah. I just had a thought, which uh-huh. throws another wrench into this. <sighs> mm-hmm. This is only four years ago. At least. Three or four years ago, because this happens before Age of Ultron. 2015. Everything all I, the way up to to season three happens before Age of Ultron, but after uh, Avengers. Okay, I think um, I get what you're saying. Like, no, maybe not. Yeah. Jessica Jones season two takes place after Civil War. But I know this takes place before uh, Age of Ultron, because they, um, like the writers and the showrunners and stuff, say that all defend even okay. Defenders takes place beforehand. Okay, all right. So we get a definite date of something, but it does mm-hmm. give us more questions. Yeah. Okay. Good times. Good times. <laughs> Maybe. Um, they their college will let you be um be in dorms throughout all seven years and this is like their last <laughs> year of undergrad hooray yeah maybe <laughs> maybe yeah. <laughs> i don't think would... so but that would make that's the most sense i can make out of this I mean, it's not like anything school-related is consistent in any kind of media, right? That's true. Or real life. I mean, there are so many different ways to go to college. No, or, and so many different rules in different colleges. That's true, yeah. 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 I mean, I the mean, whole concept of fraternities and sororities confused the hell out of me. So, That's true. Same here. <laughs> Yeah. I have no idea how they work. I was watching Old School yesterday, and that's pretty much where my entire understanding of frats comes from. Yeah, it's between that and Animal House, and I took one college tour of University of the Pacific, and mm-hmm. they have frats on school grounds, frats and sororities, which confused me even more. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that I just don't understand. (laughs) Yep. Same here. I got nothing. Oh, you know what? I just remembered my wife was in a frat. It was like it was co-ed. A frat or a. a, Oh, okay. Yeah, it was co-ed. So it's still a frat. Yeah. But uh, I didn't even know those co-ed ones were a thing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Apparently they are. So, (laughs) yeah, there you go. So I I guess it's everything that exists. So I I still have absolutely no idea um, how they work. Um, even with that, that extra knowledge that I just remembered. Huh. Yeah. Well, apparently, they moved in together. They're roommates at some indeterminate time between birth and the end of college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Foggy has heard of Matt since, they, you know, they live in the same six block area of Hell's Kitchen. As the blind kid who saved a guy. <laughs> Which I guess would have been a big deal. Yeah, it's yeah. a cool story. Yeah. Yeah. Is it just me or doesn't 
maybe it's just their their personalities, but I feel like Matt is way older than Foggy. You mean as far as like the characters in the scene? Yeah, yeah, like maturity levels. Uh yeah, I guess maturity. I mean, it, I feel like that kind of fits Matt's personality. Like he he's kind of a loner, right? So he's probably always in that that sort of doing things his own way kind of thing. He probably hasn't had a lot of friends in life. Yeah. Um, Except for um, Sky, who was his best friend in the orphanage. That's true. That's right. But she left. So, you know, he hasn't had friends since then. They're pen pals now. They'll write every so often, but that's it. But they don't understand each other. Well, he can read her stuff, but when he responds in Braille, it's very. Oh, it's disappointing yeah. to her. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I was thinking this as I was seeing the two of them, like how they were done up, I guess, to look younger. And mm-hmm. Foggy, you know, they had to, they, they gave him a wig for this longer hair. And, and I, I think that was it. Uh, you know, he, no, he got young man clothes. Oh, that's right. A goatee. Yeah. That's right. Um, for Matt, they just shaved him. <laughs> I had the same and, thought. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. I think he's wearing the same clothes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, his hair is even part of the same way. <laughs> yeah. So he hasn't I mean, really changed much. When 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 you're blind, whatever hairstyle someone says looks good, you just gotta keep it the same way. You can't risk changing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stick with that. You call it good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Anyway, we uh, flash forward to uh, Foggy and um, Matt being drunk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We find out that Matt took Spanish to get up close to a Greek girl. I wonder who that is. Ooh, oh, I wonder. Yeah. Miss Nachos. That's why she took Spanish. Because ah. that was Mexican. Yep. That makes sense. <laughs> I I always look through the IMDB trivia in case um there's something I missed, right? Uh-huh. And I found uh, this little bit, if I can find it again. Um, it says, in Daredevil 2003, Matt Murdock slash Daredevil slash Ben Affleck tells Franklin Foggy Nelson slash John Favreau that Electra Nachios, Jennifer Garmer's name is, what her name is, to, no- to which Nelson replies, it sounds like a Mexican appetizer. Then Matt Murdock tells him he- she's Greek. During a college flashback sequence, Daredevil slash Matt Murdock slash Charlie Cox slash Daredevil, which they wrote again, <laughs> and the Foggy Nelson slash Eldon Henson are joking around, and we learn he took Spanish, the national language of Mexico, with a Greek girl. So their their trivia is that Nachos sounds like Nachos, which was referenced in the 2003 Daredevil, which is why... Electra was taking Spanish. That's the most useless, far-reaching, <laughs> like you know, grasping for straws pieces of trivia. Um, it, if I had seen that, I would wonder if this was in any way part of the comic book storyline. If, if like that's some like official thing, a canon on that side of things, um. No. I would doubt it. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. It's good yeah. of that one. <laughs> Apparently, only yeah. fourteen out of twenty-nine people found this interesting. <laughs> I'm one of those. I would say fifteen out of thirty. Oh, all right. <laughs> it was interesting enough to put on the podcast. <laughs> um. Okay, I'm gonna try and remember this because I don't remember. Um, all right, so spoiler alert: Electra shows up in Daredevil Whoa! at some point in the future. So sorry, sorry. Yeah. Yes. 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 Anyway, uh, I don't remember anything about school stuff. So I also barely remember that stuff. I as as I've said for anything else involving my memory, I barely remember any of it. So I'm gonna yeah. hopefully try and remember this. And, and there, see if... there is school stuff if I remember correctly. Oh, okay. Well, then in that case, cool. Um, also in this section, uh, Foggy calls Matt a Padawan using Yoda voice. So he made my Mm -hmm. Star Wars reference for me. Perfect. Yep. 
And then while they're sitting drunkenly on the stairs, Matt almost reveals he has superpowers to Foggy. Saying that his... <laughs> because his senses are so... And then he, he trails off. Instead of saying, ungodly powerful. Or whatever. <laughs> whatever he was about to say. Yeah, they're... So they're they're walking around, I guess, seemingly uh, very drunk. And then Foggy has this moment of, wait, hold on. Tell me more about yourself. I'm this eagle-eared person. Also, yeah. Tony, do you know how good the ears are on an eagle? <laughs> are they good? Uh, quite. Um, if the powers that they got when they turned into eagles and animorphs is anything to um <laughs> to rely on they have amazing hearing oh that's good to know also birds of prey can hear like rodents and stuff walking through the ground whoa that's really cool yeah yeah that's one of the ways they have really good hearing and really good vision <laughs> so all right but mostly i know this from animorphs <laughs> gotcha so anyway my complaint about this part of the scene is just the um, like how they're like it suddenly takes the turn um like it would have been made more sense i guess if they were like oh and then they're just kind of talking and chatting and you know they're not drunk and happy and it's 2 a.m or something but uh mm-hmm. yeah i don't know that bothered me just a little bit i don't think it bothers me that much because it's kind of real to when you're drunk it's just like your mind goes to wherever it goes. Yeah, but is it? I well, okay. I guess. I guess. I guess that they're saying that Foggy is a very perceptive person, right? Like that's his default state, right? Is is that what they're going with? Because that's the part that's that I'm kind of iffy on. Uh, he's maybe yeah. I guess. Although he didn't know Matt was Daredevil, but then again, <laughs> no one else did either. <laughs> that's that's true. <laughs> yeah it's not to be fair it's not like he's ever seen him like if he saw the man in the mask he probably would have figured something out or had an inkling because i mean he figured it totally. out last week's episode right right at the end of the of it he, he saw and he's like oh wait a minute you're ah yeah you are it's you matt Ugh. yeah true i mean was he suspecting he was matt or was he just like this guy's now passed out i wonder <laughs> um, I think he did because in last week's episode he was already he had already called nine one one and it rang like once yeah. or twice, and then he hung up and then took the mask off. So I think he kind of had that that suspect suspicion after seeing him. Okay, I'll buy it. No, no. Right. And then we'll fast forward to their time at Landman and Zach, where they are part of the uh. The defense for Roxon against this really old guy they poisoned. Um, which we know Roxon from Agent Carter and Iron Man Three, who are both they're both evil companies in those. <laughs> and they were slightly referenced in a few Agents of Shield things, right? They were at least in the background, like they show up. Probably, not hundred percent. I mean, they probably they show up in that uh, one shot with Coulson. The funny thing happened on the way the hammer. On the I remember that. The hammer. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, they probably did. I don't remember, but they probably have. Okay. Well, there were a lot of episodes of that. There's yeah, a lot of episodes yeah. of us talking about that. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Uh, um. So this scene is uh, very much a if you if you don't dislike lawyers like this just makes you really hate them, I guess. Or I don't know if it's lawyers or large companies, but, you know, they're very much painting Landman and and Zach in that uh, in that uh, brush, that that light. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. One of those works. (laughs) Um, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Definitely. They're they're pretty heartless. Um. (laughs) I mean, Matt believes that the old guy's telling you the truth because he could hear the heartbeat. But uh-huh. couldn't it just be that the guy has heart palpitations or something? And his heart, he's dying so much, his heart couldn't speed up even if he was lying. That's true. Yeah. That works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, no, I mean, I, I guess that, yeah, that would make sense. Um, we've talked about this, this lie detecting powers before, right? Like it's mm-hmm. like a, a lie detector itself, the machine just measures what your heartbeat is at in, in some way. And it's, it's yeah. the person that you're actually, or the, the person who's administering the test. They're the ones determining if you're lying or telling the truth. So they, they just yeah. kind of use the data from the, the machine. So mm-hmm. I guess maybe if we want to argue that Matt is lied to, is able to lie detect 24 seven, you know, since he was nine, then I guess he'd be really good at it, but no, I mean, you're probably right. Like he has no set, no frame of reference for this guy. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't think he's been doing it 24 seven since he was nine because he's learned how to tune out sounds. I mean, Oh yeah. He'd be going insane if he could hear everyone's heartbeat all the time. (laughs) Uh huh. You'd have to sleep in a metal coffin thing filled with water. Yep. That'd be terrible. I mean, uh-huh. for him, be... for the viewers, it'd be all bad. <laughs> yeah. So after, yeah. um, you know, dooming this old man to death, probably, because he can't afford the healthcare. I don't know. Uh-huh. Real dark. Uh, Matt, yeah. uh, Matt decides he's done defending the big guy and he's going to quit to defend the little guy and being a stupid good friend foggy joins him yay Uh, yep yeah i I hope that's good yeah yeah and i hope him trusting in his friend and believing him wholeheartedly never backfires on him that's what we all want right yeah yeah Instead of, you know, having a friend rope another friend into a podcast that we will do until the day we die. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> <sighs> I'm sorry, and, y'all. <laughs> uh, it's okay, Tony. It's okay. <laughs> one year, one and a half years down. 20 to go. Yep. We can do this. All right. I'll just pray That's for that heart attack Marvel sooner. Ever, yeah, <laughs> assuming Marvel <laughs> ever stops. <sighs> Which... I mean, I kind of hope it doesn't. There's so many no, stories. Me too. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. I, I do love this. I do love mm-hmm. it. It's like um, it's like Homer, uh, with the donuts in hell. Like <laughs> you, eat, like it's it's torturing us, but we love every moment of it, <laughs> and we want more. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. Or all eight, uh, going on nine someday of the Fast and the Furious movies. Those are on their end. <laughs> There's a spinoff no. coming out this year. Oh, I had heard that they were going to do one. I didn't know it was coming out this year. Oh, yeah, it's coming out this year. That's all right. That'll be interesting. Or sorry, yeah. no, that'll be something. Yep. I've seen half of one of the movies. Oh, and then and then actually and then one scene of another movie because I turned it on, and they were driving <laughs> like a bank safe down a oh, freeway. Yeah. I, yeah, that was the end I, of six. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> and don't give me context. I, I don't give me context. I never want to know what was happening. I'm much happier being confused. <laughs> Tony, I think whatever you think is pretty much close to the truth. Okay. <laughs> so All right. so there, there's a reason why I like those movies. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I just want to get this out here. Um and then we'll, you know, we never need to reference that again. So in movie number six, so so Tony, you you play a lot of like D and D stuff now, right? And role playing games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are are you familiar with the the DM wanting something to go a certain way, but the players don't really think that way? They're like, oh, I'm presented with this challenge. I'm gonna go. Oh, we're gonna do this. And then the DM's like, ah, oh, great. So now you gotta yeah. you gotta plan for that. You gotta like do something to force the players to kind of at least do the thing you want them to do, right? That's a standard thing. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I've reached a point with the Fast and Furious movies where I just kind of think that the the main characters are like players in some sort of role playing game. Mm-hmm. And in movie six, the DM really wanted the players to fr- go from where they are to somewhere else over here. So they had to think, all right, well, how do we stop them? Oh, I know. The players 
are just in cars. They don't have any guns, no weapons. That's it. They're just in cars. So let me send a tank their way. And then they're just going to run off. Perfect, right? Well, no. The players decided to fight the tank and they win. (laughs) And then there was like another hour to that movie. And then they made two more. (laughs) Just kept going. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, that's what I enjoy for that movie. (laughs) Is the fifth movie the one where it finally goes off the rails? Because I've seen the one third of the movie I've seen is the first one where it was just a normal street racing movie, as far as I could tell. And then they were driving a bank vault down a freeway. (laughs) I don't understand how they're the same franchise. (laughs) Um, Pretty much, yeah. That's probably the one where it really gets a little crazy. That's the one where The Rock first shows up. Ah. Mm -hmm. The Rock makes everything better or, or at least ridiculous. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah. Also, Vin Diesel is a big uh, Dungeon Dragons fan, so maybe oh, yeah. he they just RP'd like the script, the movie, and like <laughs> the director was like, "What well, if I it was a DM?" And then they just wrote it down and decided that they're going to film that. Because <laughs> uh, I just think I, I invented a great way to to write movies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Maybe, yeah, that could very well have happened. <laughs> All right, storyline two. Ah, yes, two, <laughs> two. You say? Let's talk about that. Oh, do you have, do you have anything else for the flashbacks? Oh no, no, that's it. I I've got nothing. Oh. Okay. All right. Foggy and Matt's friendship are is pushed to the limit when Foggy finds out that Matt is a man in the mask. After Matt wakes up, Foggy tries to reconcile his friend with the man he thought was responsible for the attack on Hell, Hell's Kitchen. Blah, blah, blah. I can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing this is mostly a visual medium. So uh-huh. I'll just yes. interpret of dance the rest of this. Yeah, we've got charts, yeah. we've got graphs, some flashing lights, and interpretive dance. Uh-huh. Anyway, so um, <laughs> <laughs> Matt wakes up all bandaged and stitched. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my first thought before he said anything was like, well, Matt's going to die because Foggy is not qualified to do all that stuff. And he probably really messed him up. <laughs> I, yeah, I was wondering the exact same thing. <laughs> but we find out that Claire did it. They just didn't want to um, pay the actress for appearing in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't want to do one scene. So, uh, all right. Yeah. Uh. But that's that's good. He still has contact with her too. So I had I had actually like I remembered she was still around. I just you know she, they haven't brought her in recently. So I was kind of wondering like how that relationship is going between the two of them. So okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, she still likes him enough not to let him die. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he was completely unconscious. And then when Foggy was going to call nine one one. He woke up and told him, no, call this random number on my phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's good. I mean, survival instincts, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, you know, Foggy is more disappointed that she's hot than the possibility <laughs> that that Matt might not be blind. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, he's just like, oh, and she's hot, too. It's like, oh, poor Foggy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, always he always knows. <laughs> and then, yeah, we get a a little bit of back and forth. You know, Foggy feels b- betrayed, and he doesn't know what to believe. And he asks, "Did Fisk do this?" And like, yeah, it was Fisk and a ninja. It's like, man, build up to the ninja thing, because <laughs> now you just sound crazy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like. I mean, you could just go with a gangster. Uh, hell, he can say an assassin of some sort, too, right? Like, my first thought if someone says assassin is basically a hitman sort of deal, yeah. not a ninja. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I... I don't know what I'd have to see to really accept it that I had just fought a ninja. <laughs> that's that's a good point right because this is 
I mean, even that is new to Matt, I guess, right? Ninja mm-hmm. fighting. As far as yeah. we know, like even knowing stuff in future seasons, this was his first time, right? Like he was trained by Stick, but that's about it. Yeah, I mean, Stick wouldn't even uh, tell him what they're fighting. Yeah, so he he doesn't even know any about that. You're right, huh? So, uh, Karen calls Foggy, and the first thing Foggy does is lie to her on behalf of Matt. So, Matt has already corrupted him, and soon, uh, Foggy will dress up as Dare Boy, Daredevil's sidekick, and fight Kremlin. <laughs> I'm just imagining that costume now, which is basically Fallout Boy from The Simpsons. I don't know why that was the first thing I thought of, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what kind of person... That's ridiculous. Why would he be all brightly colored when the main guy is all dressed in black? I feel like that's the opposite of what you need. Oh, no. So, this is similar to bringing up Batman. Um, Remember how uh, a previous costume that Batman had was the the bright yellow bat symbol on his chest? Well, that Mm -hmm. was to have... So that way, uh, when people are shooting at him, they aim for the chest because that's the part that's heavily armored. So the sidekick is the one that's lightly uh, bright so because that's not Daredevil. <laughs> not important. <laughs> <laughs> you are what I call my bullet sponge. <laughs> <laughs> that makes so much sense with Robin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, uh yeah fo- so no no go ahead sorry oh um no, no i was just gonna say foggy is he is not happy about this whole thing um the, the he, he kind of had this little tangent when he was you know kind of going off on matt he was he doesn't like that matt can hear heartbeats and and like if that means he can tell if people are telling the truth or not. And, and Foggy says that that's not something lawyers should be able to do. Like legally, it might be wrong. I'm kind of curious if that's true or not. I actually had the same question. It's like, is huh. it illegal to listen to someone's heartbeat without their permission? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely uncharted territory right there. Um, so yeah. I have no idea. Um, I'm going to bet there isn't a law about it. <laughs> Yeah, I I would assume that too. Um, I mean, given the way technology exists as it stands today, um, I mean, it's possible to tell like that kind of stuff if you're out in, in the open in public. Um, mm-hmm. Like if you know how the uh, like those the self-driving cars, the ones that work with LiDAR, like the Google ones, yeah. and I'm sure other ones too. But uh, those are constantly scanning the environment and those can get like really good fidelity where like the way where our bodies are moving, they can kind of tell heartbeat based off of that too. So, okay. Like, so now we're kind of going on, on that stuff with the, uh, with technology. So I would assume in public it's okay, but I have no idea how that works in, in private. And then if you're a lawyer and if that gives you more data for lawyering and such. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, no, it, we we know it doesn't help him. <laughs> you can't just... <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we, we know through this experience. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Foggy gets to the big questions. Where'd you get the suit? The internet. How'd you learn to fight? <laughs> Old blind guy. <laughs> now, was that before or after he said he was attacked by a ninja? This was I don't remember. after. Okay. After, yeah. <laughs> so, so now we're kind of get, getting into that uh, that line Falcon had in um, Avengers Two. It was a uh, your world is weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Uh, we also find out that the junkie uh, killed himself because of Matt scared him so much. So, uh, uh, is that a or because Matt told him to turn himself in, maybe not because he killed because he scared him so much. Yeah, I mean, he either killed himself or was killed by someone else. I, I just yeah. assumed he was killed by someone else, but yeah. I mean, 
I get that because uh, I think Matt thinks Fisk did it, but what's the point of killing that guy? He doesn't have anything on Fisk. That's true, and he didn't even know it was Fisk because I think he thought it was yeah. Nobu. Was that the one? Like, didn't Nobu set that whole thing up? Yes, because he said that he knew that he'd have a soft spot for the elderly. Well then, yeah, maybe I guess you're right. Maybe he did kill himself. Huh. Mm-hmm. The more you know, <laughs> rainbow or the shooting star. <laughs> uh, so uh, we find out roughly when Matt started fighting and why. Um, I'm assuming they they started their law firm. Just after they quit Landon and Zach, right? Yeah, it has to have been not too long. Like, I don't... I, again, this is weird on the timelines. Like, were they... Did they already pass the bar exam before they were interning? Or were they working on it? Like, did they have to wait to take the bar exam a few months? Or I don't, I don't know how that works at all. No, I, so I think... I think they were, because Landon and Zach offered them like offices, didn't they? Oh, yeah, you're right. They were offered jobs and all that. Oh, so I think they have their the they've passed the bar. Hmm. Um. Yeah. Okay. So I would say that when they pass the bar, that's when they're lawyers, not when they bought desks. But whatever. <laughs> All right. If you want to bring back that argument from episode one. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. All right. <laughs> um, no, I guess you're right. Yeah. So this, so I guess he's been daredeviling for like less than a month. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he said right after they quit Landon and Zach, uh, he heard this father, I'm assuming like molesting his daughter and stuff like that. And he tried to do the right thing by calling CPS and it didn't work. So he decided he's going to uh, beat him up in the rail yards. Yeah. And so that has to have taken at least, like, I'm assuming two, three days for that to, like, before he actually attacked, right? So, like, the first time he heard it and then he called CPS and then nothing happened when they showed up. So I guess, or I guess it was the next day. It could have been something like that. No, no. I mean... At least in California, the CPS is not very quick. So it could be, like, if it's same as California timeline, it could take, like, up to two weeks. Oh, unfortunately. okay. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if we average that, let's just say one week. Yeah. So now we're so. really butting up on time in between that and the first episode of the of the season. Series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, he went out, this was before Amazon Prime, so let's say three to five days to get all the, the black suit from Amazon. And then, so yeah, so this is probably like, he's probably done it like twice or three times in the first episode. Huh, okay. It's interesting, because when we were talking about that like opening fight scene, one of the things that I said was that this is a guy who's been doing this for, for a little bit of time. Like, he was... He was ready, like he, because he took on like what three, four guys in that first fight scene. So he, yeah, he was already w- well experienced enough. And in the fight that they show us, he was not ready for that in in this episode, at least when he fights the the father. Yeah, I mean, I think he was more. He's more used to fighting people who will fight back. At least his training with Stick, he wasn't used to just jumping a guy i does that take a different skill set skill set i don't know oh yeah, i've got no idea either another thing we're bad at <laughs> yep huh. and you know what foggy and matt are bad at staying friends uh-huh oh yeah. because he realizes if daredevil's caught they'll blame both him and karen for letting him do it so he leaves both the apartments and the law firm. The end of Nelson and Murdoch. No. This is a really sad way to end, do the season finale. It is. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now we got to wait for the next season. Who knows when that is? Yep. I mean, 
the internet does. I don't know off the top of my head, unfortunately. Yeah. I think the I think the next season it was only about three episodes. It dropped the same day. So it was really convenient. Alright, well that's that's good at least. That's something. <laughs> uh are you good with the uh t- titular ep- uh storyline of the episode of Nelson and Murdoch? Yeah. Yeah, it it was kind of just a lot of the same, so I I didn't really have yeah. much to say. I brought everything up already. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So we'll move on to Mister Frisky Fisky. <laughs> Fisk is warned by Gao that the removal of Nobu is a cause for her to be concerned. She's worried that she's the next one out, and that she he will have to choose. I wrote this wrong. She's worried that she's the next one out. She tells him that he will have to choose if he is a hero or a villain in Hell's Kitchen. He cannot be both. Later, he asks Owsley to talk to her, which he agrees. That night, at a charity benefit, the champagne is poisoned, hurting many guests, <gasps> including Vanessa. <gasps> Vanessa! <laughs> I like how we are the ones writing these mini uh, summaries, and we both are still messing up reading this. <laughs> Well, it's because I read it, I write it, and I don't think about it until we're recording. So, <laughs> that's probably my bad. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm the same, yeah. 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 Uh, so, it starts off with a meeting with Madame Gao. Um, do you recognize where they're meeting? The, like, as in it's a famous place? Or uh, it was yeah. shown earlier in the season. Um, like it looked uh, familiar. I feel like I've seen this place somewhere. Like so, it's it's probably like used in a ton of different scenes that are filmed all the time. Or is that yeah. what you're going at? The one I remember is uh, in the original Spider-Man, after uh, Mary Jane swings with a mannequin version of Spider-Man, he drops <laughs> uh, her off on that rooftop. Oh. I, I just remember it because of that wonderful scene where she's swinging with mannequin. <laughs> I don't think I ever noticed how bad that is. I kind of want to watch it just for that. Yep. All right. Yeah, it's right after he attacks the Macy Gray concert. Oh, this is the was that like a is that like a Thanksgiving Day parade or something? No, it's the World Harmony Charity Festival thing. Because because ah. they have a Thanksgiving scene in that movie, remember? When oh, Lynn that's right. Yeah, and that's where he realizes that uh, Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Spoiler alert. Oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> he is a guy in red. We might cover that someday. No, well, I mean, maybe, but that's more of a Thanksgiving movie. You said it yourself. It's true. Very true. <laughs> I mean... Unless there's like Turkey Man. Is there a Turkey Man? I bet there's a Turkey Man. I'm I'm sure there is. (laughs) Somewhere. (laughs) One of these days, I will buy one of those Marvel encyclopedia books that just has, you know, everything of all the characters and everything. So when we have that, I can at least open it up without typing, you know, next to the the microphone right here and having that show up in the audio. (laughs) Yeah. But probably not. Yeah, yeah, probably not. All right. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so um, so Madam Gao. <laughs> um Yeah. I I I I'm really curious what Fisk knows, like of all the other people in the the evil league of evil, because I mean at a minimum he knows Madam Gao is um wise. She definitely knows stuff. And mm-hmm. He is definitely also like she is actually useful to the organization because like yeah I mean there was Nobu who we still had no idea what he was up to uh, and I guess the Russians were into stuff too but I guess Fisk just kind of absorbed that stuff so I kind of wonder if this is a, a bit of a threat from Madame Gao in, in that respect of uh, well uh, be careful because I know I'm gonna be fine but Fisk uh, you try anything I'm coming after you. What if it's something like that? Yeah, um, I don't think he knows anything about them. 
And can, is it is it fair to call them a league if there's just three of them now? I guess you're right. Yeah, the the, right. the 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 evil trio of evil. Yeah, that works. The evil trio of evil. Okay. And I, I'm I mean, uh, Owlsley's mean, but I don't know if he's evil. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So. But he's, I mean, he's at the same level, right? It seems to be a flat structure of management yeah. there, so. True. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, she pretty much warns him that uh, Nobu's group is busy now, but they'll come for Fisk later. And she tells him of this story about a snake and an elephant in her old village and stuff, which I find very hard to believe really happened in her old village. So I don't think she's telling the full truth. <laughs> but um, the last bit that Gao tells him is my favorite part, where she tells him that he needs to choose between the light and the dark. He can't be both hero and a villain in this story. Which he knows he's still doing evil things, but he's trying to make Hell's Kitchen a better place. Is he actually it. trying to make Hell's Kitchen a better place? He's trying like to for... make it seem that way. Okay, all right. I actually never like put any thought into that. If he's actually trying to, <laughs> okay. I guess he is just generic yeah. mob boss of well, I can make some money here and make some money here doing this stuff. This is good stuff. This is bad stuff, but. In the end, he makes money, that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think he honestly loves Hell's Kitchen, but he also honestly loves, you know, being in control of everything. Mm. So. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, later, um, Fisk asks Owsley to. Uh, go and talk to Gao. And after some talking, he just agrees, which isn't suspicious at all. <laughs> yeah. But he does note that he thinks, like, Vanessa is changing him for the worse. He's less focused now. So. Uh-oh. That's not good. Something might happen well, there. Yeah, I mean, we're going to the benefit next, so I'm sure... Nothing bad will happen in a nice benefit. Yeah, it's a benefit. Yeah. Yeah. It Everyone wins. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, so tell me about very, the benefit. It's very apparent <laughs> that Fisk does not like talking in front of people. Because <laughs> yes. he's like the most awkward speech giver <laughs> ever. <laughs> Which, to be fair, I I feel like this is his normal talking voice like when we see him just speak in front of everyone else yeah but maybe it's just more painful because there's like a bunch of people there yeah probably is that yeah yeah um there's this little bit that uh owsley kind of mentions that uh the senator won because of van lunt and his astrologer uh <laughs> cornelius cornelius van lunt was in the supervillain team Zodiac as Taurus. You know, Zodiac who fought Agent Carter in that one shot. Huh. Um, yeah. And I, I find it funny because he's a Taurus, Zodiac, and it's his astrologer that he trusts in. But yeah, so yeah, he's a villain from the Avengers back in 1970 in issue 72. Huh, interesting. I didn't even pick up on that. Normally, I think, oh, that's probably a reference to something, but, huh. All right. Yeah. And then we find out that the Champagne is poisoned. <gasps> no. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it tastes horrible, so it probably is. Yeah, but that means all Champagne is poisoned. And it's probably not. <laughs> oh. That's yeah. good to know. All right. <laughs> Probably. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Vanessa is poisoned along with a lot of others. But, you know, as always, Vanessa is the only one anyone cares about. Oh, cool. yeah. Know, a, a named character. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everyone else is wearing red shirts. You could just see it. So, yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to talk about in this section with uh, Fisky? No, no. I mean, this was... I guess, so, um, I don't remember if I knew it or not the first time I watched the series. Uh, but even this time, like, I thought... I could have sworn he was running for office of some kind. And then this time rewatching it and realizing, oh, he's not. But everything he does makes it seem like he is running for office. So that's that's probably why I thought he was doing that, right? Like, oh, this is a benefit to get money for his campaign. Nope, nope, it's not a benefit for that. It's for something else. So it's, um, yeah. So uh, that's it. I just wanted to bring up my um, lack of uh, understanding, I guess, from the first season. <laughs> but yeah. uh that's all i got yeah it seems like i mean this season and spoilers for last season it always seems like he's running for something when he never is Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah all right all right let's move on to our final storyline yurik's wife is not getting better and has run out of time for her in the hospital as he's looking for other options, he leaves the clues he has on the Fisk to Karen. Karen takes him to a care home in upstate New York. The home is well beyond Yurik's means, but Karen comes with an ulterior motive. She chooses to talk to the residents of the one of the residents of the home. It is none other than Wilson Fisk's mother. <gasps> yep. Da da da. Ah. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, we start off with him in the hospital talking to his wife. Um, using the Marvel approved version of dementia, which is you know you have a whole conversation and then they just restart the conversation, like Peggy does in uh, Winter Soldier and uh, Fisk's mom does later in this episode. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's how dementia works, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I I don't think I've ever known anyone that I was close to that had dementia, so I was never like really around them for very long. So yeah, I have no idea either. <laughs> yeah, but I, f I feel like it's too like on the nose for these three characters for the exact same thing to happen. I feel like it's fake. I mean, probably, but we should get a second yeah. opinion. So any doctors okay. or people who have knowledge in the matter, I guess? Psychologist, psychiatrist. I don't. I don't know. I never remember the difference. Neuro anyway, yeah. Hey, any neurologist. All right. So, anyone listening, uh, let us know. I'm actually very curious, and I'm not gonna yeah. spend time looking this up online because so I feel like know, I'll just very, go very down a rabbit hole. Okay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> just, just let us know. Is it possible or not? Is that would would that work out? That's it. Mm -hmm. That's all I want to know. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Ben decides that it's time for him to take some time off and help his wife take his wife home so he bequeaths upon karen his crazy board which is you know the most holiest of treasures is to get someone's crazy board you usually have to start one of those yourself using your own conspiracy theories mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah so she's actually really lucky <laughs> oh yeah yeah nice save time you got the nice starter set yep um so uh and then karen says you know what she just happened to be looking into old folk homes anyway. So come on with me and let's check out this place, which is strange. But he doesn't question <laughs> it. It's not like he's a reporter or anything. Yeah, yeah. It's not like he knows to instinctively ask questions about this. No, yeah, let's let's go. We'll, we'll have, yeah. a, have a fun evening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they, um, they head up state which you know it's probably takes a while to get there from new york city at least getting out of the off of manhattan but yeah they go upstate and they go to the super fancy uh old folks home that is way out of his price range still don't question it that'd be rude <laughs> <laughs> they've already done the drive he needs to use the restroom so the only way they'll let you do that is if you at least talk to someone so Got to get the information. And then, um, yeah, uh, after walking around for a little while, they decide, or Karen decides, she's going to 
you know, just open up this random door. She's probably been forcing Yurik to the whole time <laughs> and talk to someone who lives there. And it just happens to be Emma Vistane. <gasps> well, I don't know who that is, but she really yeah. was M. Fisk. Oh, God. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> and it's a good um, thing that door yeah, wasn't and, locked. Right? <laughs> or potentially a terrible thing. It's a good thing she was just watching TV. Mm, yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, yeah, so they uh, go fit smother and use some Jedi mind tricks to convince her to tell him about how evil Fisk was as a child. Or misunderstood. As she says. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, do you think this is a line too far, going to talk to Fisk's mom? Or is this doing evil for the sake of good? Or not um, evil at all? I think going to talk to his mom, not bad at all. However, I think the way they did it is close to a line. I mean, they basically broke into her home. Yeah, that one's that one's a bit much. Maybe if they walked in during visiting hours or something in the middle of the day, yeah, that'd be all right. But this one was a little. I mean, they just kind of opened the door and said, "Hey, we want to talk about your kid." Um, that one that's a bit much. True. Yeah. yeah. But we leave it as a cliff- cliffhanger for <gasps> next season or next episode. We'll see what happens. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> one of the two. Yeah. <sighs> All right. All right. Is there anything else we skipped that you want to talk about? Um, there is one thing that we skipped, um, and it's actually something we skipped last week too. So I just wanted to make sure we did it this week. We need to rate the episode. The I, yep. I thought about that too in the middle of it. Like, oh, son of a bitch. Uh, all right, Tony. Here's another thing we're bad at. <laughs> oh, great. Now we got to add to that list. All right. Someday we'll actually, actually put that list up there. Um, on uh, mcrewind.com, where we have our lists. <laughs> All right, Tony, uh, from one to five, how many poison champagne flutes do you rate this episode? Hmm. And I guess I now need to question. be clear. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Maybe you're going to answer my question. Um, five, even though they're poison champagne flutes, five is still a good thing. So That was going to be my question. Okay. Thank you for answering that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, I actually, I would only give this like three, uh, poison champagne flutes. This is not my favorite episode. It's low on action. It just makes me sad that Foggy and Matt are fighting. It's not my favorite episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Um, same. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, we get a ton of background info on characters, but really this is just another kind of setup episode for yeah. what happens next week, which I don't remember because I haven't watched that week's episode yet. But yeah. um, You know what? One day, Al, we'll disagree mm-hmm. on a rating. Those days, I don't, I don't look forward to those days. <laughs> oh, well, okay. <laughs> well, it'll probably be... be ready. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll be ready. Oof. I'm stretching now, as you can't see that. Um, I don't know why I'm stretching, um, but I guess that means I'm ready. So, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I think I'm done. Do you have anything else, Tony? Nope, I'm good. All right, cool. All right, everyone. So this has been Season 1, Episode 10 of Daredevil, Nelson v. Murdoch. Um, please join us next week when we will uh, talk about Episode 11, which is The Path of the Righteous. Uh, until then, please follow us on Twitter at MCU Rewind. Um, visit our website, MCURewind.com. There isn't much, but hey, we always like visitors. Uh, and please give us a, a rating on Apple Podcasts or any other podcasting app that you use. Five-star ratings preferred. Um, until then, this is Marvel Cinematic Rewind signing off. Have a marvelous day. Bye.